Hey guys, you're listening to Leaving a Legacy. You don't have to scoop to anyone. Right. Even it, your mom, you know, when she's <laughs> gonna pop eight, then you're gonna pop her out, man. So we're going, we moved into the balls D portion of it. There's some things you just can't buy in Vermont. Like, Mex- like Mexican food, you can't buy Mexican food. <laughs> Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Leaving Legacy, episode number 35. My name is Patrick, I'm one of your faithful co-hosts. With me is Jerry. Hey. What's going on, Jerry? Hey, hey, hey. (laughs) (laughs) Nay, nay. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) jeez. And our other co-host is uh, Adrian. What's up, Adrian? What is going on? Listen to him like a boss over there. (laughs) Laying down names, taking names, laying them down. (laughs) <laughs> so that's what I'm going to start for. That, that's how it works. <laughs> did, did you guys end up going to TE this week, or last week? Uh, I did. Adrian did? did too, but Adrian just creeped up behind me in the middle of my match and just, you know, didn't actually play with just a stalker. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you guys how, how did you do? <laughs> I was doing good until my question started questioning it why some random man with a uh, handlebar mustache was handing me goifs in the middle of my match. <laughs> Who the fuck <laughs> like, has a handlebar judge. mustache? <laughs> uh, well, you have a handlebar mustache in your profile pic right now. <laughs> That's not a handlebar mustache. <laughs> All right, an extremely thin goatee with handlebar mustache. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. I know a guy with a handlebar mustache, and I ain't got one. <laughs> it's like the re- it's like the reverse Wolverine. I'm, yeah, exactly. I don't <laughs> I don't wax my facial hair to keep it in position. <laughs> <laughs> I pay seventy five hard earned dollars to have my stylist exactly tweeze every single hair in exact positions. <laughs> did you ever Did you ever see this? Uh, I don't. I didn't even realize this was a fucking thing. But um, there's like a hair salon in like Washington D.C. that does haircuts and shit. Do you ever see this? They do hair haircuts with candles. Uh, no, no. In- I did in- not. Instead of cutting the hair, they singe it. I uh, I don't know if I'd like that. It's a that very. It's, the, that must be the smelliest place to work. I yeah. got to imagine, but it's like it's it's a very expensive hair sal- uh, barbershop anyway that a lot of the senators apparently go to, but. Anyway, oh. anyways. <laughs> well, speaking of speaking of tournaments, I had a question for you guys. And I wanted to kind of get your your thoughts on it. Yeah, what's up? Um, I saw a few a uh, few posts on the uh, Leaving the Legacy Facebook page. Um, a couple about like you know little, little uh, legacy uh, building kind of events, you know, community building events, yep. uh, little like proxy tournaments. Uh-huh. And uh, you know, being from like you know being from standard, like you know, obviously there's no proxies there. Like, how do you guys feel about proxies and legacy? Like, you know. Where do you think it where do you think it fits into the community there? Um you wanna go first, Adrian? Or you want? I can I can go first. I mean really it's all it's really gonna be is uh sure, my opinion. I mean you want me to go first? You wanna go first, uh, Jerry? I'm, I'm gonna go pretty deep, so why don't why don't you lay some get, get the crowd riled up for me? <laughs> alright, alright, so here's now alright, Pat. Um shit, so we're gonna talk about proxies. Alright, so how all right, how do I feel about proxy tournaments? As far as like a way to get a community built up and play in Legacy, that's that's cool. You know, my my um, 
I haven't seen a way where a proxy tournament runs that actually encourages card ownership. Mm-hmm. So that's actually been a holdup for me. Um, as far as like you know, I, I make proxies. Um, I've proxied up ten fins. Not I proxied up ten fins so they could actually like have the built deck together while I'm playing anything else because people kept asking me what it was. Um, but I do like to proxy up a deck so that I can have my own versions of artwork also. Sure. Uh, so, like, for me, a proxy tournament is can be a chance to showcase artwork, as well as play a game. But it's, it's like a chance to showcase artwork and, to, you know, to have a cool time playing with people and stuff. Um, what I tend to see is... And and I don't mean to uh no I like I know I know you're putting it together blue red delver and I I respect that because you're actually putting it together. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some decks are more expensive. Uh, obviously, like lands is a very expensive legacy deck, but yep. s- some decks actually take um, practice to actually sure. pilot competently. And a lot of times, what I'll see people proxy up is a deck that they actually have no intention of putting together. And, um, like that to me. Like is, just trying to play like the best deck type of thing? Um, just trying to play like the best deck, which is one thing if it's a deck that they actually intend to put together. But right. like, like let's say, let's say you decide to proxy up miracles just to play a game of legacy. Well, I could play with you, but you're not actually learning anything that you're going to use in the future because you have no intention of putting the deck together. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so yeah. I'm really just, I'm not encouraging you to play the format, I'm wasting my time. Right. I kind of take a different approach as far as what's important to hey, me in a proxy uh, tournament. You wanted me to go first. <laughs> now oh, you go jump I, in I, and interrupt. I, well, it's done. Oh, go on, go on. But before before Jerry goes too deep, like my my thing is like you guys know it. You know I built Burn like pretty easily, but it's taken me some time to put together Delver. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, and I know some stores run like you know like ten proxies with buy-in, like extra uh-huh. money for each proxy above ten or whatever the case is. But now that. It, that's actually something that, that's kind of something that I encourage. Like, you know, if, if I wanted to, um, I don't know, what fucking card would I proxy? Well, I just got rid of my, okay, so I got rid of Omniscience. So let's say I wanted to play Omni Show, right? right. And I decide to proxy up Omniscience. If I'm paying extra because I'm using proxied Omniscience, that's, I think that's fair. You know, I'd like, yeah. at, at the same time, what I would hope is that the proxied omniscience that I would use would be something you'd at least enjoy looking at. Well, yeah, that, that was my other question. Is like, So I've seen proxy decks where people take like a post-it note and slip it in there with some chicken scratch on it, and it's hard to, under, it's hard to see from the other side of the table and blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I think we can all agree <clears throat> that proxying up a deck before you drop the money to build it is usually a good idea because most people only get one shot at a legacy deck. They're not building two, three, four legacy decks. So it's important to know that you'll actually like the play style of a deck before you drop 500 to $1,000 to $2,000 getting the key cards in that deck. Okay, I got a... Okay, now I'm going to interrupt you. <laughs> I haven't even gone yet. <laughs> You're like, what, what, what do you mean most people get one shot at a Legacy deck? Well, it's not like someone's like, you know, I think I want to play Legacy, and I'm going to put together Rug Delver, Miracles, and Omni Show. <laughs> most people are like, all right, I want to get into Legacy, 
And I'm going to pick one deck that's going to be my deck that I'm going to use to get in. Like, Pat used Burn to segue into Blue-Red Delver. Sure. Other other people are going to get in with Maverick. Other people get in with, you know... Merfolk. Uh, Death and Taxes. Merfolk, right. It's not like someone just, like, chooses uh, a, a couple of decks and they start putting together all of the decks at once. And wait, it wait, takes wait. time... It takes time to put a deck together, so it's important to, you know, play around with a few different decks to find out which one is right for you before you actually start going out and putting in the legwork to put the deck together in the first place. Yeah, but it's all which one is right for you now. Like, the thing is, is like, yeah, you put Merfolk together, is that the only deck you're ever going to play in Legacy? No. Okay, no. Then. So then, what, what, I don't understand what you chances are, you're not going to move on to another deck before you finish building Merfolk. Okay, but why would that be my one shot at making a legacy deck? It's obviously well, it, not. Wait, all right. Um, I think you were taking me a little too literal there. It's oh, not well, your sorry. one shot. Ever, <laughs> I, I took you but it's like you're, you're not. It's words. not like, oh, I put together I put together Merfolk and I don't really you know like this deck, so I'm going to put together Maverick instead. It's going to be a solid you know for most people. It's going to be like six months, maybe even a year before they get another you know, the funds together and the access to the cards before they can put that other completely different deck together. That's like a 90-degree pivot there, right? It's not even like you're kind of running on the same colors there. Well, yeah, you're, it's a 100% different deck. None of the cards are shared. So it's going to take you time to put together that completely different deck. You're going to pick a deck, and then chances are why, like, all right, you want to you want to play a deck to get into Legacy. Okay, well, what decks do you want to play? Now, Why? Like, yeah, all right, you want to play Merfolk? Why? Because you have access to Force of Will and you don't die to a combo deck, to a turn one combo deck. Okay, not a bad reason. So chances are the next deck you're going to play is also going to use Force of Will. If you start with Burn, chances are you want to be able to hit quick, direct damage and likely to the face. So, like, yeah, and, and build a cheap deck. So you get Lightning Bolts and you're going to figure out how to play that. And then you're going to hit Delver. Delver's going to flip. Now you're going to hit for six. And, and so you go into Blue-Red Delver. And then you can still take more tempo decks from there. But, like... Mm-hmm. Even if you go for Maverick, well, why do you want to play Maverick? Because I want to make sure I'm not dying to, like, graveyard decks. Or, or... No, well, I think it's just the play style and the different levels of enjoyment you get out of those are two completely different sure. styles of paths that you would go down. Sure, but yeah. my, my point is, within those decks, there's pivotal cards that you end up playing around. And it's, it's I... it, like, you like, why would you play Maverick? I, I think we're getting too far away from the point, which is, <laughs> why do people put together proxy tournaments and do proxy tournaments have a place in the community and i, I think, think that was the point the point was how do we feel about proxy tournaments wasn't it right i, I do pro- <laughs> <laughs> sorry go ahead your mind adrian <laughs> sometimes i wonder the paths it takes <laughs> I think the point of it is proxy tournaments are a way for people to experiment with different styles of decks that they wouldn't normally have access to or wouldn't normally have the ability to play in. Sure. That being said, there definitely has to be some form of regulation involved with it in order to prevent the proxy tournament from just spiraling out of control. Right. Because there was a local game shot by me, which will remain nameless, which used to, and I heavy heavy emphasis on the words used to, have a strong legacy community, which shriveled up and died because they ran their proxy tournaments to the ground. They allowed unlimited proxies with no quality control on the proxies at all, to the point where I would sit down across from an opponent who literally could have written any card name on the card. Their handwriting was so bad. 
uh, like no text, no casting costs, nothing. Like luckily I was well exposed to the legacy environment, so I knew most of the cards, you know, but from memory anyways. Yeah. But I could easily seeing another player just getting really disheartened and, uh, you know, not wanting to do that. Yeah, I remember well, I mean, there, were tur- there were tournaments where I was, I and, you know, a couple of my friends were the only ones with actual real cards in the entire tournament. Right. Right, and no. so, like, so, so for me, like, that's two things. Like, first of all, new legacy player, I don't know a lot of the cards, right? So I have to read them. I mean, I have stories about yep. reading cards, or you know, at, at SCG, and uh, and beyond that, like, there's got to be some kind of feel bad moment where you're like, well, I spent, all, you know, I've, I've invested a lot of money in this, I put together this deck, and now I'm playing against people who are, who could be playing Yu-Gi-Oh cards behind their you know, behind their proxies, and it's kind of like, <laughs> and I, I mean, I, I I get what you're saying. But at the same, and I think it's great for building the community. But at the same time, like I agree, there has to be some kind of regulation there, like some kind of you know ten proxy limits or you know a couple extra bucks for each proxy after that. Because I mean, I'm sure there's guys out there who don't even like have Delver Secret, which is like a three dollar card. They're just proxying that up, you know. Well, and and they would choose not to because they don't need to because they can proxy it up. Let me let me let me ask you a question, Pat. Um, sure. Well, fuck, was I? Hold on. Shit. <laughs> Brain fat. <laughs> um. So, have you seen the proxies that I make? No, actually, I was going to ask you about that. Like, All right. next time, so how next time I see you, I'll bring I'll bring a proxy and show you something. Sweet, sweet. Um, so, what I do is like I make foil proxies. Yep. And it's it's this isn't like a I'm not fucking advertising or anything. The the point to that is that to me, what I so one of the things that I enjoy about playing Legacy is people invested in the format. Not mm-hmm. just, and I don't just mean financially invested in the format, because they don't have to be financially infor- invested, but like mentally invested, um, intellectually invested, creatively invested, people who um, enjoy spending the time thinking about it, because the format's fucking crazy. The soul, like, there's there's not a shortage of different cards you could play in Legacy, mm-hmm. and that creativity is awesome. So if like, I would rather sit across from like if somebody has their full deck proxied up, I don't care if they've taken the creative time. To it, to invest their own creativity into the proxies that they made. If you just like print out pictures on a fucking printer and stick them in a piece of paper, I'm not impressed by your creativity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm probably not impressed by your deck, and I'm probably <laughs> not impressed by the way that you play it. What I've just done is wasted my time. Right. You know, like that to me. To me, it's a creative thing. You know, yeah. and and I, I appreciate people who come up with their own creativity. Creativity in card interactions too. Yep. To that, I say, go play Commander. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> as far as creativity in the deck, it's like, sure, if you brew your own deck, that's that's cool. I think the most important thing with running a successful proxy tournament in order to it to be sustainable is the cards have to be uh, printed out images. No handwritten proxies should be, mm-hmm. be allowed well, yeah. because that just leads to a whole lot of confusion, a whole lot of feel-bads. Yeah, yeah. Th- that's basic fucking premise anyway, but just yeah, that, pr- printing like, out cards to make a proxy tournament doesn't make a legacy community inspire tr- itself to invest. Right. Second is that, you're right, there needs to be some uh, components in place to encourage actual purchases of cards because that is what happened at the local tournament that I was referring to before. Uh, everyone was proxying cards, so no one ever had any reason to ever buy a legacy card, so the store stopped carrying legacy cards. The store stops carrying legacy cards, the people who were actually interested in legacy stopped going to that store, yep. which then resulted in the even the proxy tournament not firing because no one who was interested in legacy went to that store anymore. That's so it's so, interesting. It's like, it's like a proxy tournament cannibalized their legacy, like the legacy 
end of their of their shop, right? Yeah, it was like a reverse snowball effect. Yeah, and, and that's and I really sure um, that sounds like complete pandemonium. Yeah, I mean, absolute pandemonium in just the, <laughs> the craziest of fashions, you know. And just, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> but, uh, so, um, I think, uh, how can I put it? Um, I'm, I'm okay, like, I'm okay playing in proxy events and shit, like, mm-hmm. on occasion. But if there is no... If if it takes no more than just clicking fucking print uh, on like on just a, if there's no creativity in it, there's no investment and there's no intention to invest. Right. Like yeah. I, I don't have any intention to invest in this card. I'm just gonna take the piece of paper and fucking sleeve it in and like that that that's a waste of my time for me. Yeah. Yeah. I I like the rule of it being like there's ten free proxy allowed and then for each proxy in addition to that you have to pay a dollar. And that would is be that cool a, if it's added to like the prize pool, like wherever and, the and, yeah. Like, yeah there's right. all sorts of different cool ways you can do it that way. Yeah, and I, I think one of the guys that was on here previously had mentioned that the, what they did was like ten free proxies allowed, and for every proxy after that, you had to bring like a can of soup to donate to the food shelter. Yeah, See, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, and I've heard so many of those. It's just so many people out there feels like, oh, I want to get a legacy scene started in my local area, but no one has any of these cards. I know it'll be a quick and easy fix to just allow proxies, and then everything will be sunshine and rainbows. And it's right. just not the case. Uh, allowing unlimited proxies with zero recourse just leads you down a whole path of different problems. Yep. Yeah, but it's it, I, and man, I don't know. I I, oh, I think that's such a fucking terrible way to look at it. Like, like nobody has these cards in this area. Well, that's fucking great. Legacy is like a completely eternal format. If they have any cards, they have a Legacy deck. I yeah. get it. They don't have the top SCG fucking top eight decks. I don't think that's the point to playing a game of Magic. True, but whenever there's money on the line, that is the point of Magic. You know, sure. it's great if everyone has Eternal cards and they put together some janky sure. kitchen re- table deck, but the one guy who shows up with Rug Delver and ranches everyone... It's like it's not like, hey, we're gonna all get together and give this one guy a bunch of money because he's the one who already has a deck put together. Fuck it, Jerry. Do me a favor. I want to see Esper Dragons take on miracles. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I really, I really want to see what really how that matchup would go because I, I think that would actually be a fairly fair matchup. I, I, well, like, I, I want to see what countertop is gonna float to counter those dragons. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even the Tarka Red's pretty fast and standard, you know. Like that could be almost like a burn style deck. I actually don't know. I actually don't know. Yep, exactly. But I, 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 I just heard Jerry mention Esper Dragons a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but proxies definitely have their role because also just if it's not a tournament, I have so many just proxy decks put together for testing. Sure. You yeah. Know, you just yeah. can't physically have enough decks put together in order to reliably test. Right. And the good thing about Legacy is most lists stay, stay fairly consistent. Like, on average, I would say 65 to 70 cards in a given deck list will stay the same year in and year out. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can put together a gauntlet of test decks, and that gauntlet will do, serve you well for years to come. Right. And anytime there's a ma- major tournament around the corner, break out that gauntlet and just run through it with the deck you're thinking about playing to see how um, your deck will do against the given meta. Right. 
I think everyone's kind of okay with that. Like, I don't know anyone who would ever object to that other than maybe some, like, super diehard copyright infringement <laughs> type people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but, I mean, I, I've definitely proxied out decks to uh, to test for you know, when you're trying to run a new standard deck or try to innovate something a little different, you know, um, running against the existing kind of meta uh, certainly helps out, you know, kind of figure if that's a viable deck or not. So you're not trying to do it during your tournament. Yeah, because it's great when you finish a major tournament and you're like, oh, man, I know exactly what I did wrong putting this deck together, and I can't wait for the next tournament, which is probably going to be like three months down the line. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which, in standard, which in standard is like, a, it's it may as well be years apart. And in Legacy, like, it's still it's still going to be different, right? Like, even, even a few months away has to be a, a little oh. bit of change, right? Yeah, I mean, sets come out, especially if there's something big like, you know, Treasure Cruise getting printed. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. So, I would say, you know, we're pretty fortunate in this area where you we can reliably go uh, to a, a fairly sizable legacy tournament at least once a month. Yep. But a lot of part of the countries, you know, they get their tournaments like once every three months or every six months. Or, you know, for, like the Northwest, Northwest gets like one a year. Yeah, that's rough. I was still very impressed with how big the SAG tournament was. It seemed like there was a lot of people there. Um, it was pretty sweet. Yeah, the, the East Coast has a kind of sweet spot where the tournaments are spaced just far enough away that people are willing to travel pretty long distances in order to go to them because it's yeah. not like it's something every weekend, mm-hmm. but it's still frequent enough that you can stay, you know, well-oiled and practiced. Yeah, yeah. With like a lot of legacy tournaments will be bigger than their equivalent size standard tournament because right. you can go to standard pretty much any day of the week if you want. Right. Right. So it's not really a big deal when uh you know a pretty sizable tournament rolls around because uh there's probably going to be another one right around the corner. Mm-hmm. Whereas legacy is like, "Oh man, I've been looking forward to this for a while. I can't wait to go to this thing. I'm going to drive 3 hours to go to it." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would do that. Oh, well, speaking of driving, um are, are we all set in proxies? Yeah, I think any any closing closing shots, Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a begrudging no? <laughs> uh, so I think we can all agree that proxy tournaments should have printed out proxies at the bare minimum, with you know some form of cap on the number of allowable proxies. And Adrian would like to add in the result of them also being creative proxies. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. If you're going to make me look at the same thing I've been looking at, at least make it look like it's the same thing I've been looking at. And if you, you know what does a really good job of that? Is, uh, the same the, fucking thing. Go ahead. The, the, uh, the proxy guy does a really good job of, of doing proxy some guy does proxy awesome proxy. fucking work. His, his work is creative and fucking yeah. phenomenal. Like, that's, that's what I'm talking about. If you're going to make me sit down and play against fucking the same deck I see all the time anyway, at least make it look different. Yeah, he, he has such amazing attention to detail. <laughs> even, like, even his borders, like... The attention to detail that he takes is just is fantastic. It's so cool to watch him make his work. You know, he actually made didn't he make a change a chains of Mephistopheles like proxy <laughs> that had oh yeah that, yeah I, that like made that, that made the me. most sense out of the the rules text that you possibly could in that card. Oh yeah, yeah, that's that was sweet. It's a sweet image, and I agree with you, Adrian. You know, if you're gonna, you know, proxies are the one time where you actually get to do these crazy artwork and you know make them look different. And I agree. Like if you look at my gauntlet, all the cards in the gauntlet are either images of altered cards or like proxy guy style altars of uh, nice. the proxies as well. Like I don't have any of the you know like original boring artwork in my decks. <laughs> uh, I have a cool one where I, I found a set of. Uh, Ponders that are the cast of the Big Bang Theory. 
Um, I, I've seen like other ones where it's like, uh, brainstorm is different, uh, like, uh, like psychics, like there's Jean Grey and like all a bunch of other, like the, the girl from Hellboy and some oh, other sweet. like, Jerry, yeah, pop culture ones. Jerry, did nice. I give, did I give you those Forza Wills? Yes, the Barack Obama Forza Wills. <laughs> you gotta show those to fucking Pat. It's got, yeah. it's got artwork of Barack Obama ripping up a Cheney sign and it says Forza Change. <laughs> Yep. It's the fucking best. Yep, it's That's like awesome. it's, it's like it's like Barack Obama in the same pose as the uh the Force of Will, Patrice Nielsen. Uh That's like so the funny. he's like, just like breaking a Bush Cheney sign over his knee. <laughs> like the, so the thing That's is is like if you're gonna make me play proxies, at least fucking amuse me. Yeah. Like the, yeah. the it's I mean I'm I'm okay with playing proxies depend like if I'm playing proxies a lot of times I'm okay with it. If I'm not putting my money on the line to play against your printer. Right. Like, like, I'm okay playing against your creativity, but if you don't have any, it's just wasting my time. Yeah. I mean, well, the other reason why I was asking is because I had... How's that, how's that for salt? <laughs> <laughs> so salty. I had, um, I had one of those old, um, do you guys remember the decks that, uh, Watsy used to put out, um, the, from the Pro Tour, like the World Champions? Oh, the Gold series? Borders? Yeah, I have actually like a, a, a one of those decks. I don't know what it's from, but yeah. it has a playset of uh, gold bordered force wills. Yep. And I thought I thought they were kind of sweet, but that kind of got me thinking about proxies and legacy and stuff like that. Yeah, a lot those of people are actually worth commander. Mo- yeah, those are worth money actually because people love those for cube and commander. Yeah. Like some of the like the dual lands, the force wills. I think like the wasteland is worth like thirty dollars or something oh. like that. That's cool. It's just because people don't want to pay the full price uh, for, um, you know, putting it in their cube or their commander deck. But yep. at the same time, you know, it's actually pretty hard to make a good proxy. Yeah, you know? well, that, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure Adrian can attest to that. Like, it must be it quite the process fucking, to go through and do it. Yeah, it took, yeah, it took a lot of to practice get, to get to a point where I can actually make them semi. I think they're actually they're pretty good. I mean, they they look good and everything. Yeah. I mean, they're not like. Proxy level guy, fucking his are off the chart, beautiful. Yeah, they're they're in, they're insane. He's, yeah, he's like out of this world. <laughs> people people trading him because of course he doesn't sell any because because that's wrong. Yep. Um, but people like trading him more than the value of the actual original card for some yep. of his proxies. <laughs> well, he he like he's pretty proactive about sniffing out fakes too, and like I see him on eBay oh, all yeah. the time, like oh, calling yeah. calling lots of me like, hey, this guy's selling proxies, whatever, and. Which is also pretty sweet, you know. He's like, he's obviously very involved in the community and making sure that people aren't getting burned. No, he's yeah. very, he's, he's very interested. He's very, he seems to be very interested in his artwork. And if you've never seen, like, I know apparently, um, like somebody sent him foils at one point so he could make proxies, and he made um, a gift to this person back. It was the most incredible, like, rework of the Judge promo Elishnorn. Have you ever seen oh, really? that? Pat? Have you ever seen that card, Pat? Uh, I think if he put it on his Twitter, I, I'm, I'm sure that I saw it at some point. Elish Nord is one of my favorite pieces of art and magic of all well, time. The the judge promo uses it doesn't all the wording is in Phyrexian language. Okay. And he just altered it to look. It just looks fucking. It looked awesome. And like that that that's what inspired me to start. Well, uh, the best thing about that is he came out with the Phyrexian language Elishnorn before Wizards did. <laughs> That's amazing. So, so everyone was saying that, like, Wizards copied him. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they, they definitely they? keep their ear pretty close to the ground. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, you know, that, what are the chances of that actually happening? But it wouldn't surprise me if that, if that has never happened, you know? Yeah, but I think Proxy Guy, everyone can pretty much agree, is kind of the pinnacle of the... Uh, Proxy worlds. He, yeah, he, that guy. That guy's a tits, man. He's a tits. Yeah. 
See, um, oh, oh, in, so in Massachusetts, that's a compliment. I hope it's a compliment where he is. Oh, yeah. Since <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, he, he obviously listens to this podcast, it is definitely a compliment. You're, he does amazing work, so. Yeah. yeah. I know. I can't even say that nobody listens to this podcast anymore. No? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Actually, funny enough, so I entered into Heavy Meta Midgets, uh, Magic Online, uh, Moto, uh, tournament. Yeah, the Fight Club. Yep, the Fight Club, and I'm playing against the tournament, I'm playing against my opponent, and he's like, oh yeah, I heard about this on, on this podcast I listened to about Legacy, <laughs> and I'm like, oh really, what podcast is that? Uh, have you ever heard of Leaving a Legacy? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you don't say! So, so does this story end with you just crushing him? <laughs> I wrecked him. <laughs> Man, that's a listener lost. He is. I I have to look up his name because I I got his Twitter handle too. But um, (laughs) he he was a real nice guy. I mean, it wasn't really a fair fight. He was playing Budget Infect, and I was running the uh, Grixis Delver list that won the last the SCG uh, Open. Casual tournaments left and right. Yeah, just like spiking casual tournaments. I felt I felt kind of bad because he was he actually had a really cool brew. Way to it go, was, Jerry! You're the fucking hero of FNM. <laughs> <laughs> he was running. Yeah, was no, well, he was uh, he right. was actually running a really cool brew. Uh, I gotta look up his his um his Twitter handle because I know he's a listener. Um, but uh. He was running uh, budget infect with crop rotation, so he could crop rotate the uh, ink moth nexus, which was just really good. But I was afraid he was playing lands, so I just kept countering all the crop rotations because he thought he was doing like, <laughs> tabernacles and other stuff. And then I finally like taxi and probed him, and I saw like mutagenic, mutagenic growth and like uh, whatever the Iker mirror, like the, the oh, artifact yeah, yeah. creature. And I'm like, oh, you're playing infect. <laughs> Oh, so, uh, so you guys talking about you were talking about traveling. Are you gonna go to Eternal Weekend? I just, I didn't really know about it. I just found out that it's in Philly in August. Are you gonna go to that? Yeah, I think so. Uh, what is it like? Titan Games are putting it on. I think so. Yeah, it's like the twenty first to the twenty third, and it's it's only like sixty bucks to play. So I thought it was pretty sweet to register. Yeah, I th- I think I'm gonna go to that. Um, it's a it's a pretty sweet prize payout. It's always I've never gone to it, but I hear it's always a great time. It's more yeah. of a vintage. Tournament and legacy, from what I understand. Really. So, um, but I mean, there's still there's still a good amount of legacy people there, and they give out playmats. I forget what the art is, but the, I remember the art being really sweet and wanting it. Yeah, <laughs> we, we should. I, I'm gonna try to go to that. I talked to my wife about it. And of course, I gotta get the the okay from her, but she was like, "Yeah, she didn't see any reason why not." So maybe well, we can get down there. Maybe some other listeners are going. We could like uh, guess them together. You know what I mean? A hotel party. Yeah, I mean the hotels aren't the hotels aren't expensive. It's like, yeah, it's only like 130 bucks a night, so that's really not bad. Yeah. <laughs> if you're coming from Massachusetts, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so I, I actually I was saying I can't I can't say nobody listens to this cast because I ended up. So the emails go straight to my phone and I'm at work today and I got an email. Um, I skip the name for the moment anyway, but I'm a Spanish guy from Barcelona living in Shanghai and listening to your podcast in freaking China. That's awesome. That's uh, awesome. For that listener, go Barcelona Champions League champions. Oh yeah, just just wanted to throw that out there. I I, I know it sounds weird as I know nothing about American metagame or life in New England, <laughs> but you are my friends to the MGG talks with friends, and I cannot uh, that I cannot have anymore. So anyway, just uh, wanted to mention that he's a. Uh, 
Actually, that was kind of cute, too. I started playing Magic at Revised. I just played Legacy and don't like that decking, so guess what? Next time I come back for holidays, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try Proxy it up Tin Fins and Food Chain version <laughs> that I'm working on. That is, that is awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. I know. That's fucking awesome, right? But So I imagine like a hotel in Philly for him is probably not as cheap as like, <laughs> when you just live in Massachusetts. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway. So um, did you guys – so I was talking to uh, – you guys know who Dave, David Levitt is or leave it? Yeah. Yes, yeah, I yeah. see him so on Twitter every now and then. Yeah, so he's like, you like, I, he, has, he has followed and unfollowed me so many times. <laughs> I don't know why. I think that's how he gets followers. He like, he'll follow someone and then he'll just follow a bunch of people one day, wait for them to follow him back, and then he just drops, you know, keeps dropping it, whatever. And so he's followed or unfollowed me like six or seven times, so whatever. So I see stuff that comes up on his, you know, he posts on Twitter, and he was talking about the um, GP Providence yeah. and the the prize pool payout. Did you see anything about that? No, why? So he was talking about um, if you win a – if you go 4-0 in a side event at GP Providence, you can get um, uh, you can get three Modern Masters 2015 boosters. That's what the pay, That's what the prize payout is. And it's 25 bucks to, 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 to play. Okay. Wait, sorry. What record do you have to do, go to get three Modern Masters boosters? You have to 4 you have to 4-0 like a, a side event. So you have to – or 3-0 a side event, whatever the case is. You have to win a side event. First place on a side event gets you – 60 gets you 60 tickets, I think. And that works out to be like three, I think it's like, yeah, like, be like three. No, no, gets you, so they're doing, oh, they're doing the stupid prize wall. They're doing a prize wall, yeah. So, no, it doesn't get you 60 tickets, I'm sorry. Uh, if you win, it gets you like, I I can't remember what it works out to, but you end up getting. It's basically uh, a bad deal is what it works out to. Yeah, right, so like, so I'm sorry, I start to do the math, right, because like, 10 tickets gets you a Fate Reforged booster, so you figure like, the tickets are worth like forty cents a piece, right? Because a, a booster is what four bucks, mm-hmm. right? So they're valuing the Modern Masters packs at twenty four dollars each. This, this, That's crazy. This sounds right? like fucking tournament math. It's it's I'm just lost. another way mm-hmm. of to disguise the true value of what you're getting back. It's already like well, no, I, I I know that like I've I've heard this I've heard this price structure in the past and, and people weren't impressed with it then. I. I'm not going down there playing standards, so it's it's fairly irrelevant to me. And I, I understand they're doing side events and stuff, but what I do, what I would mention, is that somewhere in that Grand Prix, I have to imagine somewhere in that Grand Prix, I don't know where it is because I haven't really looked at the schedule because it's standard, but there's got to be value in it because the last Grand Prix that I went to that TJ's put on, they were doing fucking, you get a dark confidant playmat for doing a, what the hell was the the grinders? Yeah. Oh, yeah, the grinder, the side event, last chance grinders. Yeah, you do a $20 grinder and get a Dark Confidant playmat. Like, people yeah. were just <laughs> signing up so, and dropping. So, the, so the, the way that it worked out, so I did the math, and the way that it worked out was, like, if you draft, you get, basically you get, it's a $15 entry, and you get $40 worth of, worth of tickets, worth $40 worth of prize wall money, essentially, to spend. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So, like, the payout makes sense there. Like, it seems like all this stuff is fine, but they're valuing Modern Masters 15 boosters at $24 a pack. And that was like, like that was the only thing on the prize wall that stuck out to me because like everything else made sense. Like play mats, when mm-hmm. you worked it out to forty cents a ticket, they made you know they were between like twenty and sixty bucks, which is like that's normal for a play mat, right? Like if you yeah. want a dark, if you want a dark confident play mat, it's gonna run you sixty bucks there. You know what I mean? Which right. is like that's fine, whatever. But I just I thought it was really strange that they were you know valuing Modern Masters fifteen packs at twenty four dollars a piece when everyone's dropping their prices. And uh, I think the modern the original Modern Masters packs are. 
I mean, you can get original Modern Masters for cheaper than that, and original Modern Masters is a better bargain. All right. right. No, right. no, they're, 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 <laughs> they're original Modern Masters. I'll have to look it up, but they're significantly more expensive than that being valued at $24 a pack, like right now, for for this prize wall. You know what I mean? Oh, on the, on the prize wall. Okay, yeah. Right, yeah, sorry. Right. That's, what, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Oh, yeah, they're... they're, they're, they're you can get Modern Masters 40. packs for like 18 bucks for the original one. Okay, they're $40 a pack on the prize wall. Yeah. I think... So, in theory, the prize wall is a good idea because it gives people choices. You're not just limited to getting, here's three packs of the latest set, you know, right. good, good luck with it. It, right. it gives people that kind of like arcade style feel. Oh, you get all your tickets, go cash your tickets in for a prize. And yeah, we all knew in the arcade, it's like you cash in 4,000 tickets and you get a freaking army man and, you know, a Chinese <laughs> finger trap. <laughs> it's like, Thank you for the $20 and quarters you just sunk into Pac-Man. <laughs> Um, but I think in theory it's a great idea. It's just the a lot of the times the value isn't there. Right. I mean, like it, it just seems. Well, my biggest issue with it, and I actually asked Tom Shea. He runs he runs TJ's. I know him, but like personally, yeah. I mean, I used to go to TJ's. That was my store for the longest time. And um, I asked him. I was like, you know, what's going on with the Modern Masters packs? You guys are valuing them at at twenty four bucks a piece. And he just like straight up deleted the thread off Facebook. He didn't want to respond to me. So and I was really nice about it. I was just asking him like, you know, what the prize payout is like. How that math works out, or whatever, because I was I was honestly curious because I've never I've never been to a GP where there was a a prize wall. That's kind of like a newer thing. Yeah, it's the latest craze with GPs. It seems like everyone's yeah. doing it these days. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. Though <laughs> I think definitely, it definitely yeah. gives the TO a chance to mask the value of product under the guise of being like, well, you can build up. You know, if you play more events, you can build up to a bigger prize, which is exactly what Chuck E. Cheese does to kids. You know what I mean? Like, oh hey, yeah. He's like, keep, oh, you only need, you only need three more tickets. Enter in that one more side event. And it doesn't matter though, ski ball is fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that's the thing. It's just a, it's, it's an incentive program. You know, I've taken a whole bunch of psychology courses on it and it's really fascinating the psychology behind reward systems in games and life. And it's just one more reward system that keeps you spending more money because if you if that thing you really want is 15 tickets and you have 14 tickets, you're going to play another game. That game gives you three tickets. You cash it in. Now you have two tickets. What are you going to do with those two tickets? You're going to play another game so you can get up to a round number in order to buy something else. All of a sudden, right. now you've done two more rounds spending money on each of those rounds than you ever intended to, right. all because you needed to use up your tickets so you get maximum value. Yeah. I'm using air quotes, and it's a podcast, and no one can see it. I'm realizing that. I know we I don't have listeners. So. We I, definitely I, don't have viewers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was just I was just kind of concerned about that because I really wanted to go because I know they're doing legacy side events and they're even doing they're doing modern side events too, so I wouldn't mind doing some of those if they're available. But I just thought the payout was bullshit because if I'm going to buy any packs, it's probably going to be Modern Masters or, or Modern Masters 15. You know what I mean? Like I can't imagine. I don't need any more play mats. I have literally a stack of them on my on my table right now. Yeah. And I don't use any of them, so. Well, then you're not in the next competition. <laughs> you don't get to win the next contest, then. <laughs> yeah, actually, no. Pat can supply the next contest. <laughs> I will. I will happily supply. I will happily supply a playmat. I'll, I'll, you know what? I'll even put up. If you guys want to do a contest, I will put up the playmat I got from uh, from SCG Worcester, the uh, the penguin punching the polar bear. Oh yeah. I'll put that up for a prize. We should do, we'll, we'll we'll talk after the cast. We'll figure something out, and we and we'll get the listeners a prize, and we'll we'll ship it out. I will personally ship it out. I'll pay for Damn. it. We'll get we'll get someone a prize. Sam, putting down value. 
Yeah, hey, that's what we're all about. That's why the hell I pulled out my freaking... That's why I pulled out my calculator to calculate out these freaking packs is because I care about value. (laughs) Well, no, that's the thing is I guarantee you the the TO is expecting people to be lazy and not do the math, which I think they're pandering to the worst crowd because any crowd that figures out tournament breaker math is definitely going to figure out prize law math. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's it's the same thing with like rebates. Uh, companies have rebates all the time because they want to advertise the lower price and they expect 90% of the people to buy it to never yeah. bother sending in for that $5 rebate because it's yeah. not worth the effort. It just it just bothers me. I'll, I'll tell you why it bothers me. It bothers me because you go to a GP, you're paying, what, 60 bucks or 75 bucks to play, whatever the case is, like they're gouging, they're that. literally gouging prices on something that's like Modern Masters 15 is like it, it's not in super high demand right now. Like they, there's pl- plenty of print run, and they're just jacking up the prices to literally twice of what it should be. Like twenty four dollars <laughs> for a pack of Modern Masters 15 is fucking insane. You yeah. know what I mean? It's insane. It's insane. Speaking of, still haven't gotten my box of Mod- Modern Masters. Still waiting. Sure? On that. <laughs> did, I called did, the store the truck today. Blow up? <laughs> I know, right? I called the store today to try and get tracking numbers, and the owner wasn't in. And he's been dodging Facebook messages left and right. So yeah. I'm gonna before I blow up this spot, I'm gonna give him. I'm gonna give him a couple more days chance. But oh man, I'm I'm getting pretty antsy. Yeah, well, you can always put a like if you bought it from a credit card too. You can you can put a stop on that, right? Like they. Most credit cards now will ensure every purchase every purchase they make anyway, so the thing is I bought it through my buddy Ara. He he's been uh-huh. on the cast before. Um he, he actually fronted me so I paid Ara, so uh-huh. I don't wanna like put Ara through hell because he did me a favor. But, sure, sure, yeah. Uh to may, may have to break the uh the lawyers out of the kennel, you know. They <laughs> they begin a country. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, um I did go to that, um, you remember that you were talking about the MTG of the source, Adrian? Yeah. So I went to that, um, and I didn't, re- I, you know, I found out about it after the tournament, whatever. But that place is just the balls for like, it, like, there is a whole, fucking ass. there is a, there is like an amazing primer on all these legacy decks. Mm-hmm. Like every, like I, um, I read one on Burn, like by Feline Longmore, and it's just, it breaks it down to like what you want to play turn by turn. Yeah. And like the reasons why you want to play certain spells on certain turns, and I wish I ha- I wish I had looked at that before we played because it was a it was it was super awesome. Wait, Feline did a primer on Burn. She did she did it in 2013. Feline plays. Is she the one who's known for High Tide? Yeah, she's like the High Tide player. Yeah, so I'm assu- this was probably. I mean, it's she's the one who originally wrote the Legacy Burn primer. And then she made an edit later on saying, you know, I'm not keeping up with this list anymore, blah, blah, blah. I'm assuming that's when she was, you know, focusing solely on that. But um, it is, like, it is very lengthy, and it's, like, just super, just full of just sweet, sweet information. It was awesome to read. There's there's a couple, there's another one that you can check out, Pat, called blackborder.com. Yep. I was told about that a while ago when I started looking into Legacy 2. That's another really cool site. Oh, that's one I don't even know about. What do, what do they do there? Uh, well, let's take a look. <laughs> Ooh, the yeah, magic we'll of the internet. I will, uh, if we have show notes, I can even put a link for the, um, cause I made it like a favorite on my Google, Google Chrome because it's just like, it's sweet. There's every single deck you can think of. There's like, just an established decks, like, like, thread room. And every thread is like a is a thread. There's like I'm looking at it. It's like goblins, blade control, reanimator, shardless bug, lands, ad nauseum, storm combo, jund, elves. Like and there's ones that I haven't even really heard of, like aggro loam, and 
Oh, you know, Agro Loam. Or The Rock. You know, like, I mean, I, I'm sure I can go back a few pages and find ones that are like a little bit more alluring, Dread Still. Uh, there's Cephalid Breakfast. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're, you're taking me down a trip down memory lane. Those are all really, really awesome decks that don't really see much play anymore, but... I kind of want to bring them back now. <laughs> so, so you got to go to this. I'll, I'll send you the link. You got to go to this, dude. It is. It was really cool, man. I, I thought it was pretty sweet to find something like that. That like, because I, I scoured, you know, um, online. Like I scoured like Channel Fireball and SCG, and like the, just nothing goes into the depth that this does. You know what I mean? Hmm. It's like certainly it's a lot longer than like a featured article on Channel Fireball. You know, it's it's much more it's much more broken down as to what you play, why you play it, matchups. It has like matchups and like what you should practice more, what you should practice less. It's sweet. My trouble with those types, like the reason why I can't really read the source is be just that entire style of website, uh, like forum websites. Yep. For whatever reason, my brain just doesn't operate that way, and I, I I don't really get a lot out of the whole reading threads. Sure. Because honestly, half the people there are idiots. <laughs> right. So well, so that and I totally agree. But what I like, well, and you know obviously more about it than I do. But what I, I'll, the only thing I read was like the original post. And I didn't really, right. I didn't really bother too much with the comments because, as we all know, you never read the comments on YouTube. You don't read the comments anywhere <laughs> because they're just full of trolls and people. You know, like generally speaking, people who don't have a vested interest in making it a better, a better topic. They're just trying to, to, to detract from it. You know. Yeah, it kind of seems like reading the articles in porn. <laughs> they have articles in porn. <laughs> Uh, Adrian still gets his porn from the magazine source. <laughs> oh, I have never bought a por- like a physical copy of pornography in my life, <laughs> and that is not to say I have never consumed my absolute fair share of it. I've, owned, I've never owned a physical copy ever. Uh, I think I did as a as a gag, <laughs> except for maybe maybe like uh, when I was a kid, like some of the pages out of the Phoenix for all, like, the call girls. That was probably the closest I actually owned to physical porn. Now, for anybody who doesn't know what the Phoenix is and who lives in Phoenix, <laughs> we got, like, a local uh, magazine. Anyway, I walked out of the apartment one day, and there was this smell. And I'm like, oh, my God, what the hell is that? It was, it was fucking rancid. And um, I go around back. We got, like, a fire pit out back. And... Uh, this guy who had just moved in is burning, like, it's like, you ever smell a burning magazine? Yeah, it's not. You know, you know that glossy fucking paper? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> yeah. You, you, you ever, you ever smell a burning stack of magazines? <laughs> like, dude, um, it was the, it was, was the he like hiding evidence in his backyard? <laughs> no, I, I, apparently, I, 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 I was really fucking curious what the hell was going on. I guess he had like a storage unit and his sister got pissed that she was paying for it and brought all his porn mags to the living room and left <laughs> him there. So he's out back burning them all. And I, I, it, so I have a Honda Civic. I couldn't fit them all in my trunk. Like it was such a huge <laughs> pile of magazines. It was a thirty-year collection, oh being being burnt hey, all dude, at did once. You take secondhand magazines? <laughs> no, dude. I, I took the smoke of them, man. Holy shit! Oh, man. you didn't actually put them in your trunk? <laughs> no, but I'm, no. I thought that's what you were saying. You imagine we're gonna have the fire. Like, this is so good. I'm so good. <laughs> dude, this is, oh my god! Look at this chick. She's so hot. <laughs> She died five sweet, years ago. Sweet, sweet seventies bush. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> sorry, 
<laughs> oh, we took a dark turn. We took a dark turn. Uh, how do we end up down these routes? <laughs> uh, it looks better than some proxies. Uh. <laughs> Actually, um, I have Force of Will number two and three on their way right now. Oh, I saw that. Congratulations. <laughs> Coming from Belgium. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked, man. I got one more to go, and and then... Um, and were uh, they from Chat also? Here, if oh, you get one more, you'll be all set for uh, the... Die Hard Games bunch of duels at the end of this okay. month. I plan on running Blue, Blue Red Delver when I'm there. Um, actually, awesome. I didn't ask you guys. So the original list calls for like four Scalding Tarns, but I was thinking I don't own Scalding Tarns, and just for the sake of like trying to buy some um, uh, uh, vol- volcanics, I was going to run Wooded Foothills because it's going to fetch either way. It just won't grab at your island. Right. Um, Honestly, I would say even better is just run four polluted delta four flooded strands. Well, I'm already running those. I already have. I have a playset of all the new all the new fetches. I have playsets of all of them. What about I just don't. I don't own any any like the Zendikar fetches. Uh, okay. Have any of them? No, I don't own any Zendikar fetches. So I mean, so I guess that kind of goes down a a nice topic is fetch land alternates because with legacy decks and three color legacy decks in particular you have a lot of flexibility with your fetch land slots and which color combinations you can run and it's actually a fairly deep topic for something that a lot of people just brush off I kind of think it's an easy topic. Whatever fetches you're going to play, make sure they're blue because you're going to want to use days. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, that's definitely a. Feature. Well, that's the thing. Like if I if I play if I like just to, just real quickly if I played Wooded Foothills, I can still fetch um, uh, steam vents and still have blue a- access to blue. Yeah, but so you're gonna so bolt yourself to days something. Yeah, I mean that's true, but I mean it is it is Delver, so I'm not. I don't no, think I'm too comes worried with, about. It comes with a play tap and then you days it. Right, but yeah. then you have to play it next turn. Yeah, but you don't have to necessarily play it on taps. Anyway, yeah, that's, yeah, that's besides the Yeah. I, I think the first thing you should always ask yourself in these situations is, uh, are you running any basics? Because that's definitely going to limit you. Right. Um, where if you're running basics, you want to make sure that your fetch land uh, can f- fetch as many of those basics as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, second consideration you start looking at, uh, is maximizing the fetch lands if you're running three colors. Because sure. say you're running, uh, you know, a rug, or I'm trying to think of, yeah, say you're running rug and you're running a verdant catacombs because that's the fetch land you have available to you. Mm-hmm. That basically means you can only fetch your, uh, tropical islands, which means it cuts you off of red. So it's right. actually not really the best situation it to the point. Vega. What, sorry? Tega? I mean, Rug Delver doesn't really run Tega because you don't want to ever run a non-blue uh, dual land in okay. any deck that runs days. Is it? Right. Is it Tega? I've been calling it Taiga. Either way. <laughs> yeah, either way. Yeah. Tomato, tomato. I sound so dumb. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The, the list. The list is four Scalding Tarn, four Polluted Delta, two Flooded Strands, two Islands, and four Volcanics. And I, I got the, um, I got the Steam Vents. And I have the deltas and the strands. I was actually gonna run four and four, and obviously the, you know, there's only two basics in it, and then four volcanics. So again, the only thing I didn't have were the four scalding tarns, and I'm like, I can run wooded foothills and still fetch everything. Well, I can fetch the four steam vents. I just can't get the two islands with those four those four cards. But I still have, I can still have, you know, six fetches that'll get me blue. Do you, I mean, do you have at least one volcanic island? 
No, no, oh, I don't. Okay. I have no volcanics. That's I. Th- my okay. my my thought was if I wait to get a volcanic, especially from waiting on Puka Trade, those trade pretty slowly. Like even even the Force of Wills only trade about one point eight per week. So for me to get four Force of Will, like what I'm doing right now is um, offering fifteen percent bonuses on the Force of Wills because honestly, like the way I see it, if I traded these cards, you know, traded these cards in to buy stuff, I would be losing probably fifty percent of my equity on the card. Whereas if I'm just giving an extra fifteen percent on a hundred and ten dollar card, it's re- it, you know what I mean. It's kind of like it's a wash. You have your value, yeah. Yeah, totally in my favor, right? So anyway, so that was my thought, and the other thing was, you know, I'm going to hold off on getting volcanics until I get everything else done, and then I'm going to start slotting in volcanic, you know, one one at a time and pulling out the uh, the steam vents. Yeah, because you're just going to win the volcanics at the Rhode Island bunch of duels. Right. Yeah. Well, that, that's the plan. <laughs> And, and exactly. the, the other bu- the other benefit I was thinking too was that if I have the chance to lead off with uh, wooded foothills, they might have me on something other than blue red delver. Probably red delver. Right. So I, that was the third point that I get to is running deceiving uh, yeah. fetch lands. Bug yep. delver will do that a lot because bug delver has the fortunate color combinations that it can run completely different uh, fetch lands and not compromise their mana base at all. You know right. they'll run three underground, three tropical and a bayou, and their mana base will be four scalding tarn, uh, four like verdant catacomb or something like that, and th- they'll play the verdant catacomb, fetch at the bayou, play Deathrite Shaman, and your opponent thinks you're on uh, elves. They don't right. put you on a Delver, and that can right. be a huge advantage for that deck, because they could play completely differently, not knowing that you're going to blow him out next turn with a turn two uh, Delver into Thoughtseize. Uh, into, right. Uh, him to Torak, I mean. Right. But Yeah, I mean, that's and that's what I was thinking. Like, it might give me just a tiny, you know, a tiny bit of edge where that I'm going to lose by running the Steam Vents in the first place. You know right. What I mean? so, so maybe some fraction of a fraction I'll get back from that. I would definitely play the deck a lot because what you're going to want to look for is... Is your mana base inconsistent with those color fetch lands? Because if it, the mana base is inconsistent and you're finding yourself stuck on the right colors, instead of that, uh, you could also look because, uh, you have the benefit of being a really cheap deck that's mm-hmm. tempo or not cheap as in price wise, but cheap as in mana curve. Totally. Um, you can actually look into running, what's the blue red, uh, check land? Is it like, it's like, no, um, Volcanic Falls, Steam... Sulfur Falls. Sulfur Falls. Oh, are the Checklands the ones that come in tapped unless you have yeah. one or the other color? Yeah. No, the, those are the... Those, uh, those, are the, the buddy, those are the Buddy Lands. The Checklands are the ones that come into play untapped unless you control three or more lands. Oh, okay. So, in your deck, you're always going to be... Oh, you mean like un- fucking... No, those are the Fast Lands from, like, Scars? Yeah, from Scars, exactly. Oh, and you're saying what? Red, black? Uh, blue, red. There wasn't one. There wasn't one? I thought there was. No, there was Black Cleave Cliffs, which was red-black, and there was Dark Slick Shores, which was blue-black, but they didn't do... Those Those. Those haven't been a 10-land cycle yet. Really? Someone get us on Twitter. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, have, I have no idea what a check land or a buddy land or what the hell these are. Well, buddy, <laughs> lands, buddy lands are the one that look for a land of the same type in order to come into play untapped. Check lands are okay, the ones... Okay, so that's like Sun Petal Grove or whatever. Yeah, check okay. lands are the ones that come into play untapped if you control three or few, fewer lands. And okay. if they don't have that in blue-red, that's going to be huge when they do print it because 
that might even be better than Steam Bents, because you're a type of deck that never really wants to play more than three lands anyways. Between right. days and just winning the game before turn four, you don't ever want to be in a position where you're making your fourth land drop. Yeah, but right. you can't daze with those lands. True, you can't daze. That is a downfall of them. But they don't shock you to play untapped, so they're a good turn one play if you're just looking to be, uh, you know, aggressive in an aggro mirror match. But I, I can daze with, uh, I can daze with the, uh, steam vents though, right? Yeah, you can. Cool. It's just really brutal dazing with the steam vents, you know? Yeah. Ever pay <laughs> six life on the same steam vent? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Because I have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, like, I think the the texture of the deck, the context that you play it in, it, it's not going to be as back-breaking, I, I hope, as a, a deck that's more, like, mid-rangey. Yeah, um, I mean, I almost. think Blue-Red is the one, is the decks that can absorb the Shock Lance better than any other deck style. Right. Other than maybe, like, a crazy combo deck that looks to win before your opponent ever plays any threats. <laughs> or Soul Sisters. Or Soul Sisters. I guess and, probably now, like I'm still like I'm still looking at like this original like I said, the original Blue Red Delver deck that I blue red Delver deck that I found was running like sixteen lands. But I figure once I get this together and I have the volcanics, I kinda wanna pivot into uh uh Cassis's deck. Because it's running four wastelands and it just looks and with true name nemesis and snapcasters. Like Grixis stuff. It's also Wasteland is just the the Triforce between Delver of Secrets, Days, and Wasteland. Those three cards just win games on their own. Like yeah. they, they're those three cards are just backbreaking. Play a Delver and then Days and Wasteland them until the Delver kills them, and then yeah. stifle the fetch, and then stifle the fetch for good measure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his, like, his list. I I love his list. Like I wish there was more coverage of him that day that I could watch. Um, and he's not on Twitter, I, so I wasn't able to like email you know like. Shoot him out of something and, and pick his brain a little bit. I want to get this 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 much more streamlined. Like it looks like much more easy to play list together first and just play the shit out of it and then you know learn learn this a little bit better before I kind of pivot off into into a list that's a little bit more spicy. Yeah, you get to end up picking your color. I yeah, mean, you, I mean you can either go with Goyf and go what fucking rug. Yeah, or right, Dark right. Confidant and go Grixis. Mm-hmm. Not even Dark Confidant, even just like Tassiger and Cabal Therapy. Oh my god, I, wanna... I can't believe. Are, they playing, are they playing Gurmag Angler in that list too? In that oh, stop. Yeah, stop. yeah, they are. I, I think I'm just going to buy four. I think I'm going to buy four foil Gurmag, Gurmag Anglers. Ah, uh, you should. I made the wrong choice. With I bought, Adrian. I bought no, you know foil, what? You guys, that uh, might actually be that, Between Tassiger and Gurmag Angler, that might be the correlation between. You guys haven't noticed the price of Path to Exile, have you? Uh, that has gone up. Uh, through the <laughs> that, has, that has gone up a lot, actually, because I have a bunch of them. I have, like, a playset in my binder that I had on Puka Trade, and so they're, they're the, uh, at least for, on Puka Trade, that has gone up probably, like, 15% or so in the last, like, week and a half, mm -hmm. which is a pretty steep rise, and they're always being asked for, which they want. It's because it wasn't in Modern Masters. Actually, if we're going to take a quick second to talk about MTG Finance here. Yeah, let's uh, do it. So I follow MTG Price on Twitter, which I recommend everyone else does who has a Twitter, because they come out with uh, daily, uh, basically, stock tickers on different magic cards that are on the rise. Mm -hmm. And today's was absolutely insane. Um, so I'm pulling it up right now. and What's I'm just going to MTG Price? 
Price Price is awesome. Yeah, com. I haven't followed it on Twitter. I really should. Um, no, I oh, I'm sorry. MTG Price, but it's also the one I'm actually referring to right now is MTG Stocks. Okay. So at MTG Stocks on Twitter, they come out with a daily stock ticker list of the most active traded uh, cards. Mm-hmm. So number one, with a 109.6% increase overnight, was Oblivion Stone. The Commander <laughs> version went from $19 to $40, and the original wow. Buridan went from $14 to $30. Wait a minute. Wow. Oblivion what, 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 what Commander deck? Was that, was that in, the, in the mono red one? Yeah, the mono red one that just came out. With Duretti? Yep. So Oblivion Stone doubled in price pretty significantly. Um, I mean, I guess it's just like Tron in Modern, the fact that it sees a lot of play in Commander and a little bit of play in Legacy in uh, Metal Worker. No, uh, that was not in the Mono Red one. It that's was for, for the Mono Red? No, it's Commander 2011. Oh, so yeah, so no no joke why it's even more expensive. It, it was printed, uh, last time it was printed was four years ago. In Meriden, yeah. Hermetic uh, Angler is a solid $15 for foils. Yeah, jeez. That's awesome. I think I'm just gonna buy a box of Fate Reforged. Uh, <laughs> no, that's, it's, no, that's, I don't know, man. I don't, <laughs> everybody's excited, but I really think that thing's just... It's a 5-5 five, five for black. Yeah, it's, awesome. it's, it's, yeah, but it's short-lived. Like, so is, so is fucking Tombstalker did the same thing. You cast it off Delve. I, I agree with that. It's one more black, but I think the flying is actually worth paying the one more black. The thing is, is like, it, like Tombstalker wasn't. Uh, I don't know. Maybe some decks thought it was the bee's knees, but I, it, I never really. I, I just know. don't really yeah, like those cards because they mean I can't like that confident. Like, isn't double colored costs and legacy kind of like backbreaking unless the card's insane, like Dig Through Time, or like Liliana of the Veil? Yeah, or or, or Entreat the Angels, like <laughs> or, or, or Tombstalker. Yeah, like Tombstalker uh, falls in that list too. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he was, yeah. Wait, before He's we a five get five flying, though, isn't he? Before we it's get five to five, it's a five five for six black black and yeah. delve. Yeah. Yeah. Five five flying. Right, yeah, sorry, five five flyer, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't uh, know. He's pretty good. Yeah, he is pretty good. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> before, before we get distracted though, I want to finish this list because there were oh, other yeah, yeah, yeah. cards on it. Uh, other crazy increase, Creeping Tarpet. Creeping Tarpet is an $18 card now. Oh my. <laughs> uh, Blood Moon is up to $60 for the Modern Masters version. Yeah, yeah, Blood Moon's been going crazy lately. Uh, Snapcaster Mage hit 70 finally. Yep, yeah. it did. And Inquisition of Kozilek, despite just seeing a reprint, is at $12. What do you mean just seeing a reprint? It was in the Modern Masters dual deck. There was like, oh. there was like three copies of them in the Modern Masters dual decks. Oh, I didn't oh really? That. Yeah, so those alone pretty much pay for most Modern Masters dual decks if you can find them around. Hmm. So, crazy moves. Uh, basically, everyone is just buying up every card that wasn't in Modern Masters 2. Yeah, you said, you definitely see it on, like, again, like on Puka, like I see, those prices go up all the time because I'm constantly they're on like my my watch list like I have different lists you can like watch cards you can have them on your watch list whatever and so I have cards that I that I'm interested in but I'm not looking to buy right now on my watch list and they just keep going up and up and up it's been crazy oh yeah oh my yeah and actually what's I always I used to like checking out quiet speculation too and I know that like 
they uh, they help sponsor MTG Cast. So like I, I checked them out. They have like a ticker that goes across the top. It is too. What the hell is this other one? I was just looking up. This is interesting though. The MTG stocks. Um, but I do. I also, I mean, I've been I've been really liking MTG price, and I, I get uh, they send stuff to email weekly. Things of interest. That's what I was just noticing. Grim Lava Mancer. Oh yeah, is he on the rise? Yeah. Is he bubbling to the surface? Uh, <laughs> like like it, magma? You get it? You get it? Sure. Ha ha, funny. No, no, not so <laughs> much. Ha ha, joke. Everyone laugh. <laughs> cheap, cheap. <laughs> um, yeah. Interesting. I ended up, I just sold a few cards this weekend. Um, well, I parted with, uh, I traded a few cards and then I, I ended up trading in a few cards. So I, uh, I don't see my, yeah, I don't, I think, I think if I sit down and play, I'm gonna sit down and play 10 fins. So like, there was no, um, I traded in some omniscience and some cunning wishes. Okay. I was gonna say, if you're looking to get rid of anything, Anything in that Delver list, if you need to get rid of them, let me know. Well, I ended up trading a couple of Force of Wills away. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's still, it's, it's, no I, I'm using Puka for that just because I already have the, like, I already have the money either already sitting in my account or, like, on the road right now going out to other people, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm looking for more, like, you know, the other stuff that I need, like, the, the wastelands and all that stuff. No, I got, I have, like, the fucking deck, really. <laughs> Aside from, uh, you know what I actually, like, if I went to DHG, what I would actually, uh, or Die Hard Games, what I would actually want to fucking play, and I was debating it too, when I traded in the Omniscience, was actually getting Magus of the Moon and Goblin Guides. Goblin Guides went up too, because they weren't, they, they were not reprinted. Yeah, never thought, well, thought they would be. The, the funny thing about a goblin guide is when you land a Magnus of the Moon and you're only letting your opponent draw mountains in their bug deck. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah goblin, goblin guide's up to twenty seven dollars right now. Yep. Yeah, I think wasn't he? He was at forty even before. And I'm oh really? He was high. I, I got know. mine for like eighteen, maybe eighteen yeah, or maybe, 18. maybe it was thirty. Whatever it was, he's like. I got mine for reason. five. Yeah, five dollars. That's, 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 that's the reason I haven't played that deck because I won't bite that bullet. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's that's high. I mean, the foils are only thirty, thirty-five or thirty-two. No, but what I am curious to see though is if Blood Moon's up and stays up, then I got to imagine Magus of the Moon goes up because it's a cheaper creature version of that card. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and Magus of the Moon is a Blood Moon that attacks. It's it's doubly weak to removal, but yeah, sixty-two dollars. Jeez, Blood Moon is yeah, across the board. They're just super expensive. I think the cheapest one is Eighth Edition, which is mm-hmm. thirty-five. Mm-hmm. But like the Dark is sixty-two. Well, yeah. that's because it's black bordered, also. I think. Yeah, yeah like, like ninth, ninth edition is fifty-two. Yeah. It's crazy. Yep. I was I was playing on Sunday and I got the foil blood moons and they're the only blood moons I own. Um but I got the foil ones for the foil modern deck. Uh and everyone was coming over and commenting that they thought I like bought it full retail. <laughs> like, what are you doing with your life? Dude, this thing, <laughs> so this on T G stocks is actually really cool. I can actually see Cunning Wish went up hundred and sixty five percent. Yeah. Yeah, I love MTG stocks. They mostly because I like, you know, 
following real stocks. So when you, you you basically use the same system, but with magic cards, it's the best of both worlds. <laughs> because I can look at it at work, and people think I'm doing real work, and I'm just playing magic. <laughs> That's sweet. Oh, this is a sweet God. site, man. Yeah. Just talks um, yeah. Anyway. Uh, so was I? Was I the only one who actually played Legacy this week? Uh, I've, done, I've read a lot, and I've watched a lot, <laughs> and I've done a lot of thinking, uh, but that's all I've done. I haven't even goldfished my deck yet, so... Good. You know. well, yeah, I, I've, I've just been dealing with more finance stuff this week. Yeah. I went a mediocre 3-2 this week. What did you uh, play? So, round one, I played a real close game against Elves, but I ended up mulling to five. Um, everyone says that match is supposed to be close, but I think that match is easily like 65-35 in Sneak and Show's favor. Okay, there you go. I was waiting for you to tell them what deck you were playing. Sneak and Show, yeah. If <laughs> that, I, that, was, I, that was my question, but... <laughs> yeah, I'm still on Sneak and Show and practicing I think we'll be able to extrapolate that at some point. You're like, what'd yeah. you play? He starts telling you what he played against. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, like... That's, that's <laughs> that matchup goes in this deck's favor. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> deck? Anyways. <laughs> yeah, it was like 65 say it's about 65-35. If I hadn't mulled and kept a shaky hand game two, it went to three games. I, I think I could easily beat that. Uh, round two is uh, I've, I'm James Keenan's uh, nemesis. Uh, as he mentioned at the tournament, he has never beaten me. <laughs> um, he was playing Bug Delver, which should be like a free roll for him, but I just have luck against him. I, I'm a, He must have like pissed off a leprechaun in his past life or something because he has zero luck against me. Uh, then I beat Reanimator because Adrian was actually watching that match. <laughs> that was so unfortunate. It was so unfortunate. He was on, he was on like 10 and I kept countering his reanimates. He's like, oh, I just wish I could resolve an exhume. And Adrian's like, no, you don't. And he's like, yeah, I just want to resolve an exhume. And Adrian's like, no, you don't. And I'm just like looking at Adrian grinning because <laughs> my reanimator player doesn't realize that I have an Ashen Rider in my graveyard. <laughs> so if he exhumes, not only do I get my Ashen Rider back, I exile whatever he decides to bring back. And it even got to the point where, like, he finally gets the exhume, he casts the exhume, he reaches into his graveyard for Grizzlebrand, picks up the Grizzlebrand, and I slam the Ashen Rider in play. And then he goes to, like, put the Grizzlebrand back and, like, take something else, and I'm just like, no, you, you made your decision, I'm holding you to that. <laughs> but now, Jerry, at the same time, you got to acknowledge, like, all right, how long you've been playing Legacy? <laughs> true, true. Right. Uh, and, and this guy's just getting his feet wet in it. He is just getting his feet wet, but you know, tough love. That's how you learn. You learn a lesson. Oh, you definitely, you definitely learn from your mistakes. Right. You definitely learn a lesson way quicker when it actually punishes you, rather than if you get a free roll off of it. Yeah, and it's just I like. Uh, you kept fighting over his reanimates, and I'm thinking, like, if he just reanimates Grizzlebrand, he's not going to be able to afford to draw cards. I just let him have it. <laughs> yeah, but then he swings against me, and I don't have any way to uh, to deal with the swing back. Yeah, I don't remember what your hand looked like. It didn't look terrible. But, uh, well, you had, like, Force of Will, Brainstorm, Force of Will, some other blue card. <laughs> yeah. You had, you had enough to stop him anyway. Yeah. Uh, I actually ended up winning that match by ultimating Jace, which was funny. <laughs> Uh, two combo decks, the game ends with an ultimated Planeswalker. In time. <laughs> Doesn't happen too often. Uh, so then I beat Merfolk. Um, 
mostly uh, because my opponent forgot that uh, uh, Curse Catcher does not work on Sneak Attack. What is, so, what yeah, is Curse Catcher? Curse Catcher is a merfolk. It's basically a... Um, it's one blue for a 1-1, one, one, and you can sacrifice it to counter-target instant or sorcery spell unless its controller pays one. So if oh, you okay, remember, so it's if like, uh, what is that, Spell Pierce? Uh, no, it's uh, Kind of. It's like a combination between Spell Pierce, Force Spike, and a creature. So okay. so when, when did you start playing again, Pat? Was uh, it Return to Ravnica? Uh, no, I started playing again um, when uh, Born of the Gods came out, which actually... Was RTR I, still in standard? No. Nah, was, uh, was what? Was Return to Ravnica still in standard? Uh, it was. It was rotating out. Yeah, like like okay. a few months afterwards. Yeah. So there, there was a card in RTR called Judges Familiar. It was okay. like a, It was an Azorius blue one. Um, yep. It was an Azorius blue or white hybrid, uh, one one flyer, and it had the same effect: sacrifice it to counter target instant a sorcery spell unless its yep. controller pays one. Yep. Curse Catcher just falls into a Merfolk deck because he's also a Merfolk. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So Which like, is why Azur, uh, the Judge's Familiar is a 50-cent card and Curse Catcher is a $10 card. Yep. So, so the thing with, um, like, Curse Catcher ends up really good against some decks and some matchups that either don't remember or forget. Like, Curse Catcher, it turns out, is really good against a Hivemind deck. Uh, Hivemind does this strange thing where it'll, like, show and tell in a Hivemind and start casting zero casting cost packs. Like mm-hmm. pass the negation, pack to the Titan, and pass the turn, and you can't pay for the packs and lose. Okay, yeah, yeah. But like Curse Catcher, you can sacrifice it to counter your pact, and your opponent doesn't get a copy of that. Because okay. the thing with Hivemind is if you start countering it, they just get the copy of the counter and counter your counter. Hmm. Hivemind is a really, that's like a stack-driven combo deck. It's it's crazy. But like Curse Catcher, can, it can fight that. Curse Catcher, if somebody resolves a show-and-tell, puts an omniscience, but has no mana to pay... If they forget there's a Curse Catcher on the field, you can sack the Curse Catcher to stop the end hmm. of the infinite. Yeah, that's the biggest thing with Curse Catcher is a lot of people just forget it's there. It's an onboard counterspell. You can look at it, and still people play spells straight into it without realizing. Oh, sweet. And then yeah. it just has the bonus of just getting bigger when you start playing Lords, because now yes. it's a counterspell that swings for three. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but so legit onto your counterspell. Luckily, <laughs> it's only instants or sorceries, and sneak attack is an enchantment. So I played the sneak attack into his three curse characters and then activated it. Oh shit! I haven't seen enough swan songs lately. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you guys have been playing for a while. Let me ask you something. So I'm, I was looking at, I, I opened up uh, MCG stocks, mm-hmm. and uh, I know we're getting a little off topic, but it pulled up uh, Tropical Island, and it was like a pretty like it. And then I noticed the same thing with Volcanic Island. So they're running around like a hundred bucks, hundred twenty bucks. Right up until like Born of the Gods came out in like mm-hmm. January of 2014, and they just shot up to like 300 bucks. Thank you, Star City Games. Is that what? It, is that because that was my question? Is like you guys obviously have been around. So what? What did that? Was it Star City Games doing Legacy? No, because they've been doing Legacy. No, for a they've while. been doing Legacy forever. What happened is Star City Games increased their buy list price. So Star City Games bought up a large supply of dual lands, and even though they were buying up all these dual lands, they were having trouble keeping them in stock because mm-hmm. Legacy's really, you know, popular. Right. And, you know, they were making a good amount of money, and I liked it because there was a lot of fluidity in the Legacy marketplace. People mm-hmm. were able, you know, $100 is a pretty good price point for a Legacy staple, that it's expensive enough that it's a reach goal, but it's cheap enough that it, it's, you know, people aren't afraid to change hands. Right. Um, they'll trade for it. 
Um, but then Star City Games raised the prices, and Star City Games, because they have the Legacy Open series, kind of yep. set the prices for Legacy Staples, and everyone else followed suit. But they've definitely been they've definitely been declining since then. Like not a sharp decline, but certainly going from like you know high of like two hundred, you know, almost three hundred dollars to like an like like an average now is like two sixty for volcanics. Yep, and I think a lot of that is because. It was a sharp increase because it was a it was a sudden shock, but yep. it was a little too pricey. But right. because the legacy price market moved so slowly, it took a while for the actual value to come back into play. Yeah, well, because it looks like the market's starting to readjust. Because obviously, if they did a big buy list and they and they started buying up all these cards, well, they've obviously obviously been selling them too, and so those are getting more copies out in the market. And if they're not all going to Star City again. They're staying out there. It's it's obviously brought the price down at least a little bit. Exactly. But, but I mean, if I got into Legacy, <laughs> if I got into Legacy instead of getting into Standard, I would have saved myself hundreds of dollars. <laughs> yeah, well, no, the I funny came, thing I, is, you still will. Yeah, when I came, yeah when I came back. Oh yeah, for sure. Like I'm um I'm not complaining about it. It's just funny. Like looking at the stock prices, it's just crazy to see that you know right. Literally, like, right at Born of the Gods, like January 2014, it just like skyrockets up. It's crazy. Yep. If you look it up. If you look at Power 9, you'll see the same exact trend with the Power 9 right around GP New Jersey. Star City Games upped their buy list price on Power 9, and all the Power 9 cards pretty much doubled in price overnight. Wow. That's insane. That's scary when, like, one company can have the ability to affect that much change on the secondary market. Yeah, it's not healthy. I mean, if this was not a children's card game, it would probably be considered a monopoly. Yeah. It's interesting. Um... Legacy Masters, man. Legacy, Legacy Masters. Masters. <laughs> it's it's I know that. I want it too. I want it too, but I'm a realist. <laughs> I, know. I know. I know. But you know what though, Watsy? Watsy is still run by Hasbro, and Hasbro wants to make make money. Like if it's a if it's something people want, man. What I could see, what I could see them doing is, you know, the gold border cards you were mentioning. Yep. If they start printing those again. And Watsi does another rules change akin to Portal because Portal used to not be uh, tournament legal. Right. Like Imperial Recruiter used to be like a fifty cent card, and then Watsi one day was like, "Hey, you know what? Portal Three Kingdoms and all the Portal sets those are actually tournament legal now, and all the Portal cards skyrocketed in value." And didn't didn't um unglued on hinge? They can be played in uh, vintage, can't they? Is no. it vintage? Or? No, I mean the lands, the lands, can, <laughs> but the not lands. other. Yeah, yeah, you can't do like you can't use booster tutor in anything. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, I mean, but I, I guess it would be so awesome. Yeah, I can see them doing a special gold border set that is tournament legal, but because it's gold border, doesn't affect the collector's value. Right. Uh, is that a way uh, to get around? Like, is that a way to get around the, no. the reserve list? No. Because I think so. No, because the reserve list, the, the, like as far as I understand, well, they've already the wording of the reserve list is that they will not reprint a functional copy of the Well, card. they've already used judge judge promos as a way to get around the reserve list. They've printed uh, reserve list cards as judge promos before. I mean, how long how long do you think Hasbro's going to let that that fly? Like, you know, they must be chomping the chomping the bit at trying to get Ultra Pro from not having exclusive rights to printing printing until they don't until they don't profit off the game. Yep. Uh, that's I honestly the thing. I don't. I think the reason why Hasbro lets them do it is Hasbro honestly probably doesn't know about it. From what I Hasbro <laughs> somebody has in Hasbro played Magic when they were a kid. Yeah, no, I worked but, down the street from Hasbro. Hasbro. I'm parked Hasbro. in there 
I'm going to march in there and make a big presentation about this nonsense. Yeah. Hasbro has a very hands-off approach to yeah. magic, from what I understand. It's basically, how much money did you make us this quarter? Right. Yep. They're kind of let, they're let, they're, they're allowed to be run as their own entity and... As long as it's profitable, it's profitable. Yeah, yep. I actually, I actually bought, uh, shares of Hasbro so I could be privy to, uh, their shareholders <laughs> meetings. <laughs> well then, Jerry, what you need to do is buy more shares till you have a majority holding. And yeah, then we're just gonna determine a, that we will go do this. Yeah, we're gonna start a Kickstarter so we can have a hostile takeover of Hasbro you, so that we can remove the reserved list. <laughs> what a tank that would be. You would have to, like, you would have to sink money to buy half a company so that you could reprint the cards so your cards <laughs> to buy Subsidiary. <laughs> you're spending dollars to chase pennies. That's, that's the yeah. No, you're spending dollars to burn dollars. <laughs> wow. You're, you're spe- oh you're my god, Jerry, you are not my financial banker. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, I didn't say it was my money. That's why I said we're doing it. <laughs> yeah, and that's why I said you're not my banker. We're gonna do a hostile takeover of Hasbro, so we can have a controlling interest in their subsidiary, Wizards of the Coast. In which case, we can remove the reserve list. Well, have you seen? So you guys have seen Super Troopers, right? No. Yeah. Okay, you haven't seen Super Troopers? No. Oh, you're missing out. They have mustaches just like yours. And uh, they uh, what's that? I, I handlebar mustache just like yeah. yours. Just like yours. But uh, no, anyway, they they did it. They did it like an Indiegogo campaign to make Super Troopers two, and they raised like like three or four million dollars. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, in like forty eight hours. It was crazy. I saw that. It was amazing. They they like they had like a thirty day goal of like I don't know like a million and a half, and they were at like two and a half million after a day. It was it was insane, absolutely yeah. insane. But yeah, so, maybe we can do that for the reserve list. I'm up yeah. for it. Yeah, Kickstarter to remove the reserve list. <laughs> All right, here we go. All right, I think, go. I, th- I think we got it. I think we got it. We're do a Kickstarter to re- re- reserve to remove the reserve list, and the person who donates the most wins pets SCG playmat. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Did we get there? Yeah. Yeah, uh, we're Let's probably. Have, it's no plan like a selling a foil goif, but what do you? I, I'm, I'm not. All right, so Pat, I got to tell you, I'm really fucking curious. You got to keep me posted on this if you seriously wanted to do that because. I mailed a card to Canada, yep. and I think it cost me as much as the card was. <laughs> I'm like, holy shit. Like, that's actually – so now that I realize, like, you know, there's a, there's a guy from um, Spain listening in China, and yep. I know there's a guy in Australia who may or may not still be listening. I know there's a guy in Belgium and Sweden and shit. If you end up shipping a playmat internationally, I want to know what that fucking costs. I think it's like, I think it's like 20 bucks. It's not that bad. Because I've been, I've been I've been thinking about I got a couple of playmats that I, that I've been debating. Um, if I'll I tell you what, like I I will. I mean, I don't see any reason why we can't ship a playmat, and you know, I can't imagine. This. I'll do some I'll do some research on the price, and we'll figure you, out the price. You know what else I'd like to try to figure out seriously? And like this is just it'd be cool if we could try to figure out some way to do something like this. But um, some way that if we could figure out a way that actually did something that. Correlated with like donations to MTG Cast, sure, something like that. That'd be kind of neat too. There was, um, you can do something like that if you run like a Patreon page. You can do yeah, something that, like that. I don't, yeah, I don't want to really get into that. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's cool that people are doing it, but that's not Guys, that's not I, something I'm looking to do. Uh, I have I have something important. So I, I I just did the math here, and in order to buy a controlling stake in Hasbro. <laughs> All we need to do is raise four point five six billion dollars. 
Is that billion with a B? That's billion with a B. <laughs> That's no problem. Yeah. <laughs> they take a check. Yeah. <laughs> just, a, just a suitcase of IOUs. Yeah. So $4.56 billion. <laughs> We're going to have a Kickstarter. It's going to be the largest Kickstarter in history. Right. So <laughs> right, here's plan B. Here's plan B. I'm going to get a part-time job there as a janitor, and I'm going to work my way up. <laughs> Until I am CEO of Hasbro. Oh, especially if they have a, a stock payment plan as like a, a employee rewards, that'll shave some shares off. <laughs> My four hundred one k is just what to did, get rid of the reserve did, list. Does, does, yeah. that, does, that, does that create fifty one percent of the share, or is that just like just four, barely four point, over fifty? Four point five six is fifty one percent of the shares. Fifty one percent. Yeah, Hasbro is a nine billion dollar company. Who would have thought, man? All they do is make Monopoly and Magic. Yeah, uh, and Barbie and my yeah, little I know, I know. That's grossly awesome. That's so cool, man. That's so cool that, that a company like that is such a powerhouse. And yeah, well, I was actually uh, reading some. So this is going down some stock finance way, but I was reading a lot of articles about uh, Hasbro versus Mattel, and Hasbro is just kicking Mattel's ass on the marketplace. Well, yeah, what is what is Mattel had in you? It's just Barbie, right? Like, that, they, like, didn't they used to do GI Joe? And uh, I think they still have Hot Wheels. I think Hot Wheels is Mattel's big uh, money maker. Okay. Huh. But Mattel is like going down the drain, and Hasbro is taking off, mostly because yeah. of Magic. Magic's like one of Hasbro's most pop, uh, profitable divisions. Yeah, is next really? to my Little Pony, right? Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. that's. I mean, that's, it makes sense, like, with the, the huge popularity of the game nowadays, like, that's not insane. Mm-hmm. You know? Whatever happened, I remember there was, like, a couple years ago they were talking about coming out with a movie. They, they still are. Yeah, still they the still park, are. Yeah. yeah, I think they're, have they started filming it? Uh, I don't know if they started filming, but I know, I know for a fact that Watsi is always talking about it, and that's part of the reason why they are doing Magic Origins this year, is that they oh, want... Oh, yeah. They want mm-hmm. to make, like, if you've noticed, the artwork for the Planeswalkers, uh, especially lately, like the last like last year or so, there's been a conscious effort in the artwork to make them look a lot more realistic. And if you've seen some of the artwork for, like, like the early artwork of Jace for Magic Origins, he almost looks like, I don't want to say like an anime character, but he looks a lot more uh, stylized than, like... He looks like an anime past. character. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> No, he totally looks like an anime character. Okay, so right. sure. So, <laughs> so he, you know, he, they definitely are taking that line, and they're trying. I think part of the reason that I've I've read that they're trying to make origins about the planeswalkers. This is like the first really planeswalker centric, like set. The planeswalkers are a major play us, you know, a major role. Like they have the new flip cards for planeswalkers, whatever. Um, is that they're trying to drive the storyline and magic, and that's and part of that is fueled by wanting to have this. Uh, ancillary product in this in this movie and oh get people yeah to get that way. totally because if you give wizards nothing else is they know how to plan they plan oh, things sure. years in advance mm-hmm. so i guarantee you planeswalkers were probably first introduced as a way of them saying hey we're looking to expand this franchise uh but we don't really have a centralized character like before right, planeswalkers Totally. Yeah, before Planeswalkers, you know, you had, like, the Starship uh, or the Skyship Weatherlight. Yep, you had Weatherlight. Was, you had, like, yeah, had but none of these were, like, big <laughs> names that you, like, people latched onto that they, like, identified with the set. Right. It was, like, Shibin Dragon 
or Juzan Jin or freaking Lotus Petal. I don't right. know about you or you, but a movie about a black lotus probably won't sell that many tickets. <laughs> yeah. So that's uh boy, that's some Voithor shit right there. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> it, yeah, Jerry's right though. Like they are obviously they plan sets years in advance, like they're from conception to like actual production and setting it out in the market, there's a lot of planning there. I'm I'm not surprised that they've taken this kind of route. You know, Planeswalkers are certainly the story drivers behind the sets now. You know, like sure. like Theros was all about Elspeth. Um, sure. You know, uh, this set has been about uh, what the hell was it? Born of the Gods was all about fucking Xenagos, right? Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Born of the yeah. So that you know that whole Theros block was Xenagos and Elspeth and. And uh, this current block has been uh, Narset and Ugin, which are both Planeswalkers, and they're definitely making a, a pretty concerted effort to make that make the Planeswalkers the center of the set. And I think because because they are human type characters, you know that that they're anthropomorphic. It makes it you know more uh, more of a, a better way to market them. You know what I mean? I gotta tell you, Pat, you just tilted me a little bit. Oh boy. <laughs> I can't believe I haven't seen enough Narset, but I'm seeing Gurmag Angler. <laughs> I actually saw yeah, remember when we said that that was almost like legacy playable? Someone was telling, yeah, well, that someone selling. I saw someone on, on uh, Twitter is like, "Hey, I have a Narset for ten bucks," and I was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe it's ten dollars." I think they were pre-selling for like sixty-five before the set came out. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know what? Saw it, it's like I could play that at Legacy, and now it's not even good enough for standard. Yeah, yeah but that that's what always happens with Planeswalkers. Yeah. Yeah. That shit always happens with cards. That's why that's why I don't understand people who like they'll play standard and go, Oh, legacy's expensive but like they get this sixty dollar planeswalker and it's worth fucking ten bucks. Well that's I told you, that's what happened to me. Like I was playing that mono green deck and like don't get me wrong, it was a lot of fun. But the Nisses I bought were valued at like between thirty and forty bucks when I bought them and then when I right. sold they were like fifteen. Yeah. You know? That's a yeah. that's a that's a big drop in value over the course of six months. And that's retail. That's not even buy list what you got for oh, them. Oh no, I I very, very rarely do stuff at buy list because it just makes me feel so bad. It's like let me sell this thing for twelve percent of what I bought it for. Yeah, it's, well, it's I mean the one that the one that killed me the most that just like highlighted standard like that for me was just watching people with Bonfire of the Damned. Yeah, or Sphinx's Revelation too. Well, no, Sphinx's Revelation when it came out was six. Like, yeah, I mean, you people had people were picking it up thinking, cheap, yeah. It's, well, yes, I mean, some people might have been picking it up thinking it was like Blue, Blue Sun Zenith, and then suddenly it turned out it was actually retarded. Yeah. Uh, or maybe that's offensive to people. It turned out it was actually really good. <laughs> so, but anyway, so yeah, um, and I'm I'm just looking at the origin spoiler now, and there is really nothing that looks Ooh. of interest. Well, actually, speaking of the origin spoiler, I don't know if it's good enough, but one of them actually piqued my interest because Legacy Dredge might actually want to play it. What was that? All right, well, let's do it quick because then we got to get into topics. I got to get going. All right, is uh, did you see the uh, I don't even have a ferocious dragon? What color? Yeah, it's, the red one. Yeah, two colorless red, red for a four four flying. Oh, yeah. So, Why would Dredge want that? Uh, hold on. So just kind of doing the stats on it. You know, four is a lot in any legacy deck, so probably not going to make the cut in anything else. But the fact that it can't be abrupt decayed, it's a 4-4, four, four, so it can't be bolted. Those are some nice stats to have. Um, and it has flying. At the beginning of your draw step, draw an additional card. So you get to do an extra Dredge trigger. And then at the beginning of your end step, discard your hands. Dredge wants that because a lot of times when Dredge is fighting a deck that can actually fight Dredge, um, they'll get stuck with their Dredgers in hand and not have any Dredgers in their graveyard to keep their deck going. Yeah, and they won't have four red mana to cast this thing either. 
Yeah, that's why it's a little expensive, but I think with tweaking the deck a little bit, if if Dredge has this in play, Dredge wins the game. The, uh, fa- the fact that you get a double Dredge off of it, and it refills your graveyard with all the Dredgers that you return to your hand, like, you win the game. If you have I think, no, I think it's a good card, I think it's a cute card, I just don't think it's a Dredge card. Like, you, okay, you have to get this into play. Dredge doesn't cast creatures. Dredge doesn't plan on casting creatures. What, are you going to dread return this? You're already late. Yeah, I no, I, these are all the same thoughts I've had as well. I'm yeah. not saying it's cute. I, I would think it's cute out of a reanimator deck that's beaten the graveyard a little bit harder. I almost wish this was like like one colorless, one red for like a 2-2. Not give it the 4-4 four, four flying. Yeah. You still say draw a card? Yeah, still say draw a card, and well, it also says at the beginning of your end step, discard your hand. That's pretty big. If it was like yeah, one, one red red. I like Sire of Insanity. But I mean, if it was one red red, it puts you harder into red. Uh, that might be a little more balanced. Even so, like even just red red, I can see if it was red red, Dredge running it. Fuck that. All right, so Dredge can cast Dredge can cast a two mana creature. Yeah, but red 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 for a two two flyer is not like in that. That's not really a red card. All right, here's the point to this guy, right? He dies to Gurmag Angler. Right. <laughs> <laughs> only, if, only if you're dumb enough to block. It's the zombie fish. It's coming no, to get you. No, I don't I don't see this. Uh, no, no, it also but, dies to Gurmag Angler? Here's something, you know, here's something. I had to look this card up the other day. This was really fucking cute. I was watching South Florida Magic Stream because Ian had mentioned it. Um, Ian hit me up. He's like, oh, my God, I'm watching this. This shit's funny. And uh, so I tune in. And I'm watching a little bit, and you know what these guys are playing? This was really cute. Seed time. Oh, I love that card. <laughs> oh, that, oh, yes. Yes, I love that that's seeing play. <laughs> these guys were playing it, and then I, I looked it up, and I'm like, oh, my God, that is actually really Oh, I have cute. so many playsets of seed time waiting for it to be the best card ever. <laughs> I, want, I, want, I want four, but now tell for, Pat what it is. Yeah, for those who don't know what seed time is, I, I love it because I can recite it from memory. This is how much I love this card. It's one colorless, one green, instant, take an extra turn after this one. If, I mean, it just ends there. No, it <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh no, it doesn't. Tell them what it's it a is. time walk. It's an instant speed time walk. In green. No, tell tell <laughs> them what it is. Tell them what it is. Cast seed time only if your opponent has played a blue spell this turn. That is yeah. sweet. So, so in legacy, it just ends there. In legacy, yeah. it's just take an extra turn after this one. Well, that is. Uh, Gorio's vengeance. Uh, just, uh, will... are, you, are you aware of the flavor text on this card? Uh, what's the flavor text? I don't have that memorized. This, okay, this is the flavor text, okay? The hippo grows wings to fight the condor. <laughs> that it? <laughs> Sorry, that just, that just gets me, man. I don't know. I don't know. I just think of a hippo with wings. It's just uh, funny. Feldegriff. Feldegriff. <laughs> yeah. Cute fucking card, though. I saw these guys playing it, and I'm like, oh, my God, I really ought to fucking look into that. That is an instant speed time walk against 90% of legacy decks. It's amazing. Yes. The judgment rare. That is is sweet. That is sweet. Uh, I I put it in so many green decks, and I just end up cutting it because I'm afraid. (laughs) (laughs) You're you're afraid you'll face goblins. I'm afraid what happens when it works. <laughs> what happens to the legacy meta when people realize that seed time is the answer? <laughs> oh man! I mean, well, I mean, like, what are you gonna do with an extra, an extra step though? You got an extra draw step, an extra land drop, like. Yeah, I mean, that's what it comes down to. It's like you get your mana twice, and if they just use their counter spell, you don't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah, true. True. 
Uh, man, I really want to play that deck now. That's a cool card. <laughs> I think I might have to put that on my want list. They're only yeah. seven cents. Yeah, they're cheap. That's uh, why I saw these guys playing. I'm like, what the fuck is that? And I looked it up. I'm like, that's actually pretty cheap. That I, might be what fun just to play around with. Was it a Maverick or what was it in? Um, a Rug Delver had it, I think, and Punishing okay. Gun. Yeah, I can definitely see it in that because you want it in a deck that can take advantage of the extra turn. You know, if yeah. it's if it's just like an explore, like draw a card and play an extra land, it's not that good. But if it's draw an extra card, play an extra land, and swing for six, then all of a sudden that's a good card. If you have a board presence where you can really take advantage of it, um, it it can be a house. Hmm. hmm. So anyway, I just thought that was cute. Figured that is cool, that. man. That is real cool. So anyway, all right. For whom the bell tolls. It's <laughs> getting late. Yeah. I'll go first because I found his name. Okay. okay. It was... It was... I'll go last because I lost his name. <laughs> <laughs> you, got, you got someone, Adrian? Um, I do. I got to look up his name. <laughs> All right, yeah. Uh, I, 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 you know, I'll go. I'll go to give you guys some time. Good. Um, I listen to, so you guys know I listen to a lot of content. Uh, that's kind of how I found you guys and how I got into podcasting. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I reached out to uh, some friends of mine on the Spike Feed, and they're a they focus a lot around the standard game and the modern meta game. Um, and uh, they have just they're a great podcast. I've been listening to them for a long time. Anyway. I had reached out to them, talking to them about podcasting, and this is before I started with you guys, um, how to like, you know, how to set up a podcast and whatever. And uh, yeah. one of their guys, Dust, uh, one of their guys, uh, Cameron, who does um, all their editing yeah. and stuff, he works in television, I guess, sent me uh, like a Google spreadsheet on how they do their whole cast and like how it was just really cool that they uh, they took the time to to give me advice and just like kind of fill me in on what they do because they don't have to do that as a podcast, like you know what I mean? It's one of those things where. They just have really good audio quality, and I was really interested in how they did it. So shout-out to them for being awesome, being a really good cast. And if you play standard, um, they're great guys to listen to on the Spike feed. Um, and scooping in also uh, Patrick Chapin again, because that book is phenomenal. I've been oh, reading. Uh, uh, Did you get the hardcover or the PDF? They don't make – I don't think they make the hardcover, because I, I, I've never seen it listed. It's okay. just the yeah. paperback. They do. They do have like the ebook edition, which is like I don't know, ten bucks less. But like I said, I don't like reading on a screen. I'd rather read an actual book. So I paid the extra ten bucks and got the the hard copy. Uh, okay. Which is so yeah, scooping in Pat Chapin for just a really good book. Um, I think that's probably it for this for this week. Scooping in my wife as always. She's wonderful and I love her. And shout out to my wife. And yeah, I think that's it for me. All right. Shit, I'll scoop in Pat's wife. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> she's, a wonderful, she's a wonderful lady. We'll have to we'll have to get a night where we we all get together. Like I, I'll host like a like a like a little game night here. We'll get together and, and play and stuff and hang out. You know, and if it wasn't a game night, Lita might even be interested. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. We'll, I'll set up a slot machine for her. <laughs> oh jeez, no, don't fucking do that. No, you know, here's the funny thing: she just got a job at a casino. Oh god, <laughs> yeah, Pat, uh, Adrian. I had my birthday at Mohegan Sun, and Adrian and Lita came, and Lita kept wandering off to go to the slot machines. <laughs> I found it hilarious. <laughs> That's no, she's sweet. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Sweat. So if you bring a yeah. if you bring a slot machine, is it going to have a prize wall with tickets? Yes. <laughs> oh, Chuckie's, 
Chuck E. Cheese style slot Chuck machine. Chuck E. Cheese style. <laughs> <laughs> I just need five more tickets, man. I need five more tickets. It's the one where you like you drop the coin in, and there's like the lever constantly pushing out, and the coin like falls in, and it, it like pushes the rest of the coins out. Did you ever play those games? Oh, those are the best. Yeah, like the dump truck ones too. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I, Actually, I, you know what I'm real good at, and it's it's uncanny. And I'm 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 like an idiot savant. Are like the claw games? I'm just super. Really. <laughs> It's I could so never get dumb. the claw games, but I always love skee ball. All right, well, oh, we're going to Vegas, Pat, because they have claw games where you're grabbing like wads of hundred dollar bills. <laughs> really? Oh man, I would lose my shirt. Lose my shirt. But I, I'm you just, just said so you were going to get Savon at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I take Pat heavy, heavy on the idiot part. I wouldn't want to stop though. <laughs> but yeah, I'm real good at those claw games. I've actually won. I've won like uh, one toys, and then just like tossed them in like a. Uh, a donation bin on my way out the store. Like, I don't even want the stuff. I just want to play the game <laughs> and know that I can best those bastards who stuff the toys in there so hard. And, yeah. I want the sense of accomplishment. Oh, it's great. I've, I've won them. I've won them uh, and given them to, like, kids hanging around because my kid doesn't need any more do- toys at home. So um, it's not about the reward. It's just about the, it's about the game, man. That's what it's about. That just made me flash back. I was on a cruise ship. And, and like the little, Jerry was talking about the sliding quarters game. You like yeah. drop the quarter and it slides. Yep. And I, I was doing those a lot. Cause on like, a cruise ship? I, ju- I just kept getting chunks of quarters coming out of it. Then I'd stop. Yeah, on a cruise ship. Cause like you can also hit it when the wave hits just right. Like there's right. all sorts of really <laughs> fucking whacked out shit. Yeah, you can, like, also, I, you can also hit it when your hip, hip checks it just right. <laughs> no, no, no. No, I didn't, I didn't go that far. But like, I think, uh, what the hell happened? One morning I went out and I grabbed a cup of coffee and I went downstairs and like, they were fucking around with it for some reason. Like, you know, they'll load up 20s in it and shit. Yeah. And uh, they couldn't get the lock open, but it was just like a store display type of lock. And I used to work in store displays. I'm like, well, here, let me help you. So I, like, helped them break into their fucking machine. And they're like, oh, here, why don't you come over here and have some breakfast and stay the fuck away from our machine? <laughs> <laughs> they were really cool, though. They were really cool on that show. Oh, that's it was, funny. It was a good time. Yeah. Oh, I think that was, yeah, that was the, yeah, me and Lita took a trip down the islands. Nice. We'll do that again sometime. You should. It's a wonderful uh, time. We should all do yeah, actually, you know what? We're um, Well, I don't know if she is. We're, like, trying to figure out a trip to Atlanta. I'm planning on heading down to Atlanta. Um, what the fuck is this, June? Yeah, next month. Oh, nice. Er- early next month, I'm going to head down to Atlanta. So while you guys are planning Philly, uh, I have no, um, don't intend to be in Philly, but <laughs> I do have some sort of intention to try to figure out. I know Evan Nyquist is down in uh Atlanta, somewhere down there, there's Legacy. I may uh, bring a deck with me and try to fuck around with some tin fins down south a little bit. Yeah, just make sure to bring yeah. it back. Don't leave it there. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, what the hell, you guys, you and uh, Chris Cheehy were talking about that, too, things to do for, like, uh, safety at yeah, Legacy well, events, whatever. And, like, my first thought was, like, play somebody else's deck. <laughs> Like, Thanks. like, like, no, Jerry. Remind me to loan you those goifs again. <laughs> they made it home, didn't they? They made it home, didn't they? <laughs> they did. We can, uh, we'll we can be... talk about that next episode, though. We'll do, like, a little tournament prep section. It'll be yeah, good. sorry, it'll, Chris, we didn't connect get to it this episode, but we'll do it. <laughs> yeah, it, it'll, it'll connect. We can connect it to the, uh, the Philly thing, too. Eternal Weekend will be fun. Yeah, I always like, I always like just playing cheap decks. <laughs> that was the most lopsided exchange. I borrowed one Blood Moon, and Adrian borrowed four Tarmogoyfs. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, do I get to do my shout-outs now? Did I do mine? Oh, no, I didn't. No, you did not. <laughs> my, oh, and uh, I want to scoop in the top eight, Marius Colomar. Yep. Any backup? <laughs> <laughs> 
Did you just Wikipedia a random person? <laughs> no, nope. He's apparently uh, from Spain in Shanghai and China. Oh, and that guy. He's traveling the world. Like I think oh. I, it's funny because I could find him, but I still can't find Carmen San Diego. <laughs> bump, bump. She's a tricky. Bitch. <laughs> Um, all right, me? Yeah, carry me. Yeah, carry yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Stupid, uh, at long time gone, uh, MTG. He's the guy I played in heavy meta, uh, heavy meta midgets oh, Tuesday nice. night moto tournament. I finally found his name by combing through Twitter, Twitter backlogs. Nice. So cool guy. Shout out. Sorry. I, I was really mean to your budget, uh, in back deck. <laughs> Don't play forest and then crop rotation. I think your land's grabbing like a tabernacle or something. <laughs> uh, oh, and also another shout out to Heavy Meta Midget. A uh, little plug again. Uh, Tuesday nights on MTGO. If you have a legacy deck on MTGO, uh, Tuesday night Fight Club uh, free legacy event. So oh, fucked up, right? I got to get on editing. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, I still haven't edited the last one, and that's where he was talking oh, about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get get on that. <laughs> yeah. All right. But anybody but, else you want to scoop in the top eight, Jerry? Oh, uh, that's that's it for now. Yeah, I guess I'll scoop in past wife. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, trifecta. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that's it, gentlemen. All right. Sweet. Sweet. Awesome. Um, so I guess we'll uh, see everybody next week. Yeah, sounds yeah. good. We'll see you next week, guys. See ya. <laughs>